This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Gendron. And I'm joined by Mike Jenner with Summer Off the Coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, it's a tough day. It's the Monday after the first weekend of March Madness. So nobody's favorite day. However, gentlemen, I think I cracked the code this year. I think this is the first March Madness I've ever left in the green, in the positive. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you the secret to how you make this work is usually – the first week in March Madness, I do four straight days of debauchery and nonsense. The first day, everyone's vibes are super high. Everyone's feeling good. Everyone is up money. By day two, you've given away all the money you've gotten. And then by day three and four is when everything goes to hell. This, year I, did, this year, I did one day. One day, the vibes are great. Everybody was winning. And then I left. And that was it. And I was up. And it was a feeling I'm not used to. So I think I cracked the code. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, gentlemen. First off, it's just it's great to be with the fellas again. We've been doing this. This two of us can make it. One person's doing something else. But uh, I'm happy to be here. I, uh, I have something even crazier to my March Madness than Michael's story about being up, which is pretty, pretty crazy for Mike. I went like, I went zero. I didn't bet on any March Madness game this opening weekend. Uh, it was kind of a crazy feeling for me. It's the first, the least stress I've ever been for an opening weekend. I got my one bracket, which is already in the toilet, uh, like everyone else is in, but that's fine. You get your one bracket and it's gone. Uh, so no stress. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird life for me in that way, but it was an enjoyable weekend. I'm happy to be here talking with all the fellows right now. Why, why no gambling this weekend, Trent? You know, it just, first off, I've been on a cold streak, been on a real cold streak. So I'm trying to cut back on the, on the, the gambling. I got to find a new system. My system's been failing me. So, uh, I'm, I'm in the workshop right now. I'm in the lab. I got the whiteboard out trying to draw up some different formulas and some different, uh, some different ways to make sure I have a foolproof way of making money because my system might be slightly broken. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons. And any other reason just, just didn't have the TV on this weekend was out skiing. When you're out in East Idaho, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta milk the winter when you can. Got some friends in town. So you're out just uh, skiing the slopes of big sky and um, just didn't have the, the, the bandwidth to be placed in bets on basketball games. Boys, I'll, let me tell you what, I think when we started this podcast, I wasn't going to go this direction to start off the podcast, but when we started this podcast, I, we were probably all in the same point in our lives and we probably yeah yeah we, you know trent would be away skiing i'd be off doing something like listen to trent say that he was away skiing and he didn't even have time to to watch basketball because he was just off yeah. doing all, makes me want to jump through this computer screen and just punch him right in the face i swear to god and it's only been a week and i told myself i was not going to be this person but i'm going to be this person for like the next five minutes my it turns out adding two kids under the age of two to your life changes things pretty drastically right and my life has just been turned upside down i watch i watch in terms of basketball i caught little pieces here and there but i in total like running time watching basketball i think the longest time i got was like eight minutes in one shot that was the longest time i got to watch basketball that was that was like maybe a handful of times this past weekend so I don't know. I don't know which way's up. I don't know. I just, my head is just completely spinning. The kids are awesome, but it turns out kids are a lot of freaking work. They're just a lot of work and we're figuring it out. We're, we're figuring it out on the fly. Um, getting really good at changing diapers. Uh, I'm, I'm getting really good at the jogging stroller runs, but man, let me tell you, I, <laughs> we had Irish Clover weekend. Uh, we had Irish Clover on Saturday. The kids moved in on that sat on that Sunday. So the transition, nothing, nothing, nothing describes my life more than the dishwasher in my house 
on that Monday because Sunday got a little out of hand. We, we, we transitioned from the bar back to the gender and saloon at my house. Uh, Miller lights were flowing, but more importantly, because it's St. Patrick's day race theme race, we had the Guinness flowing, you know, it's flowing just nonstop Guinness all night. And I had Guinness glasses. So when I opened up my dishwasher, on Monday morning to clean it out, it was filled with clean glasses. And when I closed it that night, it was filled with dirty bottles and sippy cups. And so that nothing explains the transition in my life more how instant, how sudden it was than my dishwasher on Monday. Steve, our brother Matt described it best. I was on the phone with him the other day. He's like, yeah, I've been to Steve's house twice in the last four days. And they could not have been more drastically different scenes than those two appearances he had. One appearance, he showed up to your house to pick me and a couple of the fellows up from your house after the Irish Clover. And there was just a debauchery that was ensuing that night. And then the very next time, he was coming over to hang out with the boys. And the scene in the gender and saloon was just a little bit just a little bit different than it was night. So I got a good laugh out of him talking about just the complete and utter massive change that happened in just from one visit to the next. And listen, I've been preparing for this for my entire life. I've, I, I want to do this. Like this is, this is, this is my life's purpose. Like this is what I want to do. But just that that shock to that body, the ripping off the Band-Aid, jumping headfirst into the cold water, that transition is just the ultimate shock to the body. And it's been an adjustment. It, it sounds like you prepped yourself for it as best you could, though. I can't think of any way that Steve Jenner could be more prepared for like the next chapter of his life than for a party at the Gender and Saloon with the Millers and the Guinnesses after the Irish Clover. I mean, it was the perfect transition for you, I would think. Party, yes, but I'm going to throw uh, just some life advice out to anybody that is thinking of going down this path. The day before you welcome two kids under two into your house for the foreseeable future, don't plan a major event two days before because the amount of work that goes into that and the amount of focus that you need into that and into the other thing on Monday it's just, it's just not, it's just not a smart idea. So space those things out a little bit. Just be my recommendation. Um, the party was nice. The party was a nice little bachelor party. Um, it was fun. It was, uh, it, it was a great time, but yeah, it was, uh, it's it just, it's just been nonstop around here. What, what did you call the party? Did you call it a bachelor party? Bachelor party. Bachelor party. I like, I like that. I, at first I heard bachelor. I was like, that doesn't make sense, but we should come up with a term for it. Maybe it could be bachelor, but it sounds like Steve already had it. But I love that. There should be, there should be, that should be a thing. Is that a thing or you just make that up? I think I've heard it before. I can't take credit for that. Well, I'll give you credit for it because I've never heard it before. So Steve Jenner gets credit for the bachelor party. Is there, is there a momchler party? It doesn't really roll off the tongue like that, but uh, there should be. There absolutely should be. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just kind of, touching on one thing I, I, I just mentioned there. Um, I have this past week, I probably hit my mileage high for, uh, you know, probably since probably since the Goggins four by four by 40. Um, just because, you know, when things are getting crazy in the house, I'm just like kids in the jogging stroller and we just go jogging around in the neighborhood. So I've been doing so you're right into it. You're no, no, no break into it, just immediately right into the stroller, the stroller runner, huh? Well, I, 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 I wasn't, I, I wasn't gonna make it like a regular thing. I, it was nice to have. I was like, oh, maybe we'll do this like once or twice a week, and when the weather's nice. But it's actually become a necessity, right? Because the kids are just in the house all day, right? And we need to get out. And it's not like it's tough because. You can't really go to, they're too little to like go to the playground or the park. Like you can do some stuff. Like I took, I took the older kid, I took the older one to uh, the, the playground the other day, but he's two. Right. And so it's like, he can go down some of the slides. He can't go down all the sides. So he's still, he's still too small for that. And then the other thing is it's mud season. So it's like you go to the park and everybody's covered in mud. 
So you want to get outside. So it's like, all right, let's go to the bike path. Let's run around the neighborhood. And it's just been, we're cooped up in the house. We got to get out. And it's just, it's been, it's been more of like needing to get out of the house than wanting to get out of the house. All right. A few more follow-up questions on that. One, do they like being in the, the running stroller? Do they enjoy that? They pass out. In fact, it's okay. like the only time they go to sleep. <laughs> okay. Two, uh, what pace do you think you're going at with the running stroller? Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Like because mid sevens, low sevens. I'd say not even that com- compared to your non-stroller paces. What do you mean, Chen? Like, how has your pace changed since pushing two well, kids? Well, slower, the slower. But here's the thing with the stroller. I have noticed it's it's tough. It's tough to go slow, right? When you're pushing something, it's almost like it's almost easy, not easier to go fast because you're exerting more effort, but it's like more painful to go slow when you're pushing the stroller. It's like when you're going a little bit faster and you're able to kind of get the lean into the stroller, it just makes it, it makes it an easier, easier to push it. So I would rather, I would rather do less miles at a, at a fast, at a faster pace than do more miles at a slower pace. You know what I mean? And then final question. What is the transition like going to be when you do a run with no stroller? Is it going to feel like, you know, you had a donut on the bat? Are you going to like know what your form should be like? Are you going to forget to swing your arms? Like what is that transition? It is. So (laughs) what I have been doing, Mike, is I'll, I'll get the kids in the stroller and we'll do, I'll do three miles with them. And then I'll come home, drop them off. My wife will take them. And then I'll do another like two or three miles without the stroller. Okay. And it is so like, it's like taking the donut off the bat. All right. It so is, I figured. The first time I did it, I was probably going, you know, I probably settled into like 720, 730 pace with the stroller with both kids. And then I dropped them off. And then my first mile after dropping the kids off was like 610. And I didn't even mean to. It's, 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 you know. It is. It's a. It is truly like taking the donut off the bat. Mike, hearing this unfair advantage that Steve has now of having two kids to unfair help his his advantage. training. Does <laughs> it that, ladies and gentlemen? Do you hear that unfair advantage? Kiss my ass. I mean, he did compare it to a donut on the bat. I mean, donut on the bat. It's the only yeah, time they have a reason. Get that bat speed up. You know what I mean? Since when is that illegal? That's not illegal. Not illegal. What I believe your question was probably what, like, am I, is that going to inspire me to, to want to get into that life? Yeah. Because I feel like we've had this conversation before and you have shied away from, from taking on any, I just, I just felt like my time hadn't come yet. I think my time's rapidly approaching, especially with the weather starting to get nicer and the baby starting to get a little bit older. I think my time is, it was right around the corner, right around the corner. Now, are you going to get a double stroller and just <laughs> yeah. put some weight in the other ones so that you can have the same advantage that Steve has? I'm probably going to go triple stroller, triple stroller, try and get a little extra advantage on Steve. Gonna be unbeatable. So I think they have, I think they have um, like stroller races or stroller records, but you need to have the right amount of weight. So if you, if, the, if the child doesn't weigh enough, you have to put extra weight in the stroller. So are they, are they running these world record attempts with the children, the actual children in the, in the seats? I think so. Didn't somebody just break like the mile record with the jogging stroller? I think it I just know. went down. What if you're like going downhill and you're just like going so hard, know, you lose grip and then it's sliding well, out I, of control. Yeah. Well, that's a real concern. <laughs> Well, so, that, when you bring up the double <laughs> stroller, like that kind of makes me a little nervous. That's a lot of momentum. It's a lot of stroller. It's a lot of stroller. So th- there's a strap you're supposed to wear. Um, but to be honest, it's a real pain in the butt running with the strap. So when you have the strap, so here's the thing. You, you push the stroller and you, you, you switch off. You know, you, you push the stroller, you pump with one arm, and then like, you know, maybe oh. after like a tenth of a mile, you switch off. So you keep switching arms. But if you have it strapped to one hand, it's designed to like be a constantly have both hands on the handlebar when you're strapped in. So you can't alternate arms pumping. So the strap is kind of a pain in the butt. Um, going, going downhill, it is a little scary. So whenever I go downhill, I put the strap on because it's like, 
if that thing if that thing ever got away from you, you're not catching it. So I do turn, put the, turn the gas on. <laughs> I do put the strap on, but but when it's on a nice little flat and you got a nice little wide open flat, you give the stroller a nice little push and you get a couple you get a couple strides with no free mm. and then you catch up and you grab it and then you give it another push and you can get a get open up the stride a little bit so that's a little pro tip for the dads out there i love it i like it and, and i'm not judging you for no strap because put me on a treadmill i'm never clipping that little red thing on it's like the same uh, thing right have but, you ever seen the thing, Trent, put that the thing, thing on? You, you go down on a treadmill and and you don't un, and you don't hook the hook the cord. The only person that it, you're hurting is yourself. <laughs> There's two little kids in that stroller that you know nobody would give a crap if I if I go tumble. Steve, down. I'm trying to defend your decision making uh, yeah, here yeah. as a dad. <laughs> Seriously, have you have either of you ever seen anybody utilize that little that little clip, that little red clip on the treadmill? I I used it once. In college, I remember distinctly because they were doing like an interval workout, and I was, you know, you're working as hard as you can trying to like push it full. I did, I did put it on. I'm not sure if that. Uh, I don't know how embarrassing that is, how much I'm gonna rip for it, but I have worn the clip on the treadmill one time. Here's a here's a take. I'd say I'm more susceptible to falling when wearing the clip than without it. Because it's like tugging at your shirt and it's uncomfortable and it like changes your gait because you know it's pulling up against you. I think I'm more susceptible to fall with that. I think I'm I'm more unsafe with the clip on. That's my take. I've worn it once as well, for for a different reason. So and it's actually been very recently. So I think I mentioned that I, I just uh, I think I talked about it on a couple episodes ago. But Tom Brady's what we thought was his uh, yeah, last game the Rams uh, Buccaneers game. And I said, I'm not, I'm not getting off the treadmill. If Tom Brady still has a chance to win this game and I ended up doing, you know, I, what intended to be like a five, six mile run I ended up being over 14 mile run. And it was near close at the gym. So the entire gym, I was the only person left in the gym other than the, the manager at the front, but going towards the end of that game, I started feeling a little lightheaded and I was like, there's a legitimate chance. Like I haven't had any water. Like I wasn't planning to go this long. Like I'm just, I'm not in the best shape right now. So I, I did clip, I did clip myself there in case Uh, I I went down. So anyways, um, we've kind of gone long enough without talking about the Irish Clover, Mike. Um, you know, it's putting together a race, putting together, a medium to large size race is it's, it's really difficult. Um, and, and it's one of those things where unless you love doing it, unless you really enjoy doing it, it is absolutely not worth doing it. But every single year when everything comes together, it's, I always kind of sit back and be like, man, I have so much fun doing this. And leading up to this year in particular was, it was, it was very stressful. Um, because the thing is, is like with a race like this, you have a ton of costs and your break even point is a little bit of a stretch. And if you don't hit your break even point, you're on the hook for a lot of money. Um, and so it was looking like we probably weren't going to hit our break even point or, and we was significantly less registrations leading up to the race pre-registrations, um, significantly less than we've had in the past. And I think a big part of that is road racing really hasn't recovered since COVID. People just aren't coming out to races the way they used to. But I was hopeful that we were going to get a big um, a big day of turnout because the weather was looking nicer. Um, at least the seven-day forecast was looking nice. But five days out, the, the weatherman just screwed us. We were going to get hit with this cyclo bomb. They were making it up to be like the worst storm that we've seen in years and was going to hit Saturday morning at the time or right before the race. And it was just like, it, it, and so it just killed registration numbers. But day of, we got a decent amount of people showing up. Some people stayed in bed. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but a lot of people turned out and, um, you know, the, for setup, the, 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 the storm held off for almost all pretty much the whole setup and in people were able to line up without any storm but it was like as soon as we fired the gun 
it started raining a little bit, started winning. I mean, it was still like it was it wasn't anything bad. It wasn't we didn't get any snow or anything like the weatherman was saying, but we got some weather. But hey, it's March race in New England and people toughed it out. They gutted it out. Um, we had the after party in the bar. <laughs> it's so much fun. I mean, the after party was awesome. The bar was just packed with sweaty, you know, drenched runners, just drinking Millilites, drinking Guinness. It was, it, we had friends of the program turning out all over the place. It, it was just a perfect day. It, so, Steve, you underplayed the weather just a tad. So, uh, it wasn't the cyclobomb that I guess they were predicting. But the problem was it was like the weather leading up to the start line was unbelievable. Like it was, you could not ask for better racing weather. It wasn't too cold, but it wasn't too hot. Like it was just, it was overcast. It was absolutely perfect. Like a half mile into the race, the rain started a mile into the race. I mean, it was like, the temperature dropped like 10 degrees and you had like a little bit of sideways rain going. And so you were prepared on the start line for like the perfect weather. And then a mile in you had really not great weather. Uh, so yeah, the race part, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, but let me tell you something. So, you know, the Irish cover was kind of Steve's like, he calls his bachelor party. This is kind of like the first time I've partied really since uh having the baby and i had planned for it uh i was without the kid for the day so i knew to like it was all systems go for me so literally the minute i finished that came across the line at the race uh did my uh what's the, what's the little dance called um i don't know the football players do oh gritty the, yeah the little gritty at the end with the, the yeah, finish line i think i have a video then, i have a lot of great videos that i haven't <laughs> gone through from that week and then um uh, and then I grabbed shout out uh, Buffalo Brian. I grabbed uh, shout out Barry Francoeur, uh, Luke Mason. We grabbed the two crew and we just, I mean, I don't think I didn't have a Guinness in my hand from the moment I crossed the line at like 1130 or whatever until, uh, you know, whatever, one in the morning time it was. Uh, it, it was an ultimate two crew showdown. I mean, we were just getting after it. We had. Steve, that after party was the best after party the Irish Clover's ever thrown. It was despite awesome. the weather, despite the the weatherman trying to blow it for you. I mean, it was amazing. But some, it, so, could I, let me just cut you off. Real, the one two years ago was awesome, and it was awesome for a different reason because it was like the first beautiful day of the year. We had yeah. the party outside, like it was awesome. But this one was a little, and it was more people. This one was a little different because. The, it was storming outside. Everybody was kind of like huddled into this small space and everybody was just like, well, I guess we got nothing else to do other than just get ripped right now. You know, it felt like everybody was getting after the entire bar. And at one point we had uh, uh bagpipers like dancing on the, the oh, bar. Oh, yeah. I mean, so halfway through the party, we had, we had a DJ the whole time and, it, you know, playing Irish music, uh, you know, transition to, to, to 80s rock we had some Josie but halfway through the party we had uh bagpipers come in they came in playing music and the owner just told them to get on the bar so the bagpipers they cleared out the bar the bagpipers got on the bar played music it was it's was just so awesome Take, taking Trent, a little scroll Trent, through takes uh, unfortunately, Trent, Trent was MIA that day, so he doesn't have any good takes. But uh, taking a scroll through the picks, there, there's a couple couple things that were uh, most difficult for me to look at from afar. The first is hanging out with Buffalo Brian. Uh, so I'm sorry, Buffalo Brian, that I could not make it there. I hope to see you in Indianapolis or another race, and we will hang. Uh, the second was the uh, championship belts just being passed out. Uh, just perfect for the scene. Shout out to to my guy, fellow, fellow Pelham resident, Jake, uh, two crew member for taking home the men's belt. Um, so I was disappointed. I cannot congratulate him in person. Uh, but yeah, it looks like you guys had a boatload of fun out there. Yeah, shout out to Jacob Wormald, the reigning in-person Irish Clover five-mile champion. He has the course record and he won it last uh, two years ago when we had the non-virtual uh, Irish Clover. Uh, so he's the, he's a reigning champion and belt holder. And on the women's side, we got Tina Tobin taking home the belt, cousin of Mike and I. Uh, 
Fun fact about Tina Tobin, high school state champion, D1 state champion in the hurdles, uh, 400 hurdles, right? I think 400 hurdles. Went to Bates College, won a bunch of, won a bunch of, uh, has a bunch of their records in the hurdles there. And uh, she graduated college, starts running marathons, starts becoming this badass road runner. Uh, so shout out to Tina Tobin. And the other thing about Tina is through the Wild Rover, there's a three, there's a three race series. And through the Wild Rover, there's age graded point system. And the overall winner gets a kilt and that's like a big thing if you see if you see people at the irish clover after party and they're wearing kilts it means they're former irish clover i'm sorry wild rover champion so the series champion and if you're in your 20s or 30s it's very difficult to win that kilt because it's such an advantage for people that are older than you so if you're in your 30s like and you win the kilt, it's a big deal. So she was, a, I was calling her the champ champ. She won the kilt and the belt in the same race. Um, so shout out to, to Tina. I, I still think she should have ran cross country in high school. She was a soccer player. If she ran cross country, she would have been like three time, four time state champ. So I'll never forget. She did. She won the state championship. I was there. I think it was her junior, senior year. I think she won it two years in a row. I, I don't remember exactly, but um I went out, we were congratulating, we we're all hanging out. And I was like, I was like, uh, and I think uh, coach Dave Casey was there. And I was like, coach, I was like, I guarantee you she would have won the state championship in the mile. She was a distance runner. And he was like, yeah. he got so pissed. me. he's like, fuck sure. you. She just won the state championship. So. <laughs> <laughs> but she would have been, I mean, look at what she's doing now on the road. So, uh, but yeah, it was awesome. Uh, yeah. I know we said it already. Shout out to to Buffalo Brian for 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 coming down for Buffalo for this race. I, you know, I think we showed him a good time. Hope he had a good time in Lowell. Uh, Luke Mason, another friend of the program, came to the to the Genwood Saloon. We had Patrick Donovan there. I mean, it, it was just it was just such a such a. It, listen, I would have liked to have had twice as many runners out there, but for the conditions, for what I was expecting, it was a perfect day. So, it was. And, and Buffalo Brian, you know, he talked up a big game about his drinking game. He can hold his own. He hung with us just fine. He, he, you know, he went the distance with us. So shout out to him. I was he had he had a pretty severe case of the hiccup towards the end of the night, and I could tell he was starting to fade. <laughs> oh, yeah. so I was giving him all my hiccup recipes to keep him going. <laughs> I saw he was starting to slow down. He switched from Guinness to Miller Lite halfway through the halfway through the night, and I I could see him slowing down. So I was I was giving him all my hiccup remedies to uh to keep him going so i think we i should have gave him some lessons from the, the oh, trials right. yeah, yeah, i had God. the hiccups that was the first <laughs> one uh i it did never works drinking up up water upside down just never works so it's fun to tell people to do it yeah. though i, I think it, there's a chance it could work you never know yeah <laughs> mike um, mike how'd the race go for you i'm trying to find you the results i can't find you on the first page here i crumpled up my number pretty good so i think it broke the chip so i don't think i came up in the i don't think i came up in the results but i was pretty far up there was, oh it's pretty good shout out to uh to chris jenjen for finishing second he gave jacob a pretty good uh run for his money out there so i i, I was able talking to them afterwards apparently they were battling it out pretty good Jacob made a move on one of the hills, broke him a little bit, but wasn't far behind. Um, so shout out to Chris for running tough out there. I think he he's pretty proud of that his time. I mean, he gave it everything he could out there. So, and shout out to the rest of the two crew that that came out and showed up and, and and ran well. I think there was a lot of good times out there despite the weather. I mean, I was a little upset. Like it, it was, I I had a ton of fun doing what I was doing, but man if there was ever a day for me to be out there racing, that is my perfect weather. I, I love that stuff. So I kind of, it's a small part of me that wishes I was able to race out there, but anyways, the two, the two crew showed up in a big way. I know we're, I know we're kind of going a little bit long here. I know we got, to, got a lot to talk about. I'm going to throw one, one thing out here that we've, we've talked about, but I want to make sure that we hammer down some details and we do it right friggin' now. Are you guys signed up for Indy? I'll do it tonight. I'm, oh, mentally, wow. I'm mentally committed. Not all right. We, we're doing this. I like. I'm. I'm done pussyfooting around here. Like, I'm. Do, booking, do we already? Do, do we already commit to it? I'm commit. I'm signed up. But I'm telling you, I'm booking the Airbnb this week. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done doing. Let's do it. Trent's giving me. Trent's giving us the look right now, where he's about to. He's about to. He's about to give us some like bad news. 
no, no bad news. I'm in on this. I'm just shocked to hear Mike actually commit to it. We were all supposed to sign up, I think, New Year's Day, but we had this grand plans. We we're all going to sign up New Year's Day. There was some discount, but nobody's like has the, the mental bandwidth to sign something up on New Correct. Year's Day. But I'm in on it. I'm absolutely in. I have not signed up yet, but that's just because I'm a procrastinator. Uh, but I am, I am more than excited for the Indianapolis Marathon. All right. All right. So we're, we're doing this. We're booking the Airbnb. I mean, uh, two crew member Luke was telling us he's got like a group of 20 people signed up and they already have their Airbnb. And I was like, well, we better get our ass in gear and make sure that we don't lose out on all the cool Airbnbs in Indianapolis. So, well, that's why I have to do it. Cause I said, if Luke was running, I'm running. And not only is he running, he's bringing half of Lowell, Massachusetts with him to do it. So I I'm committed now. And I can't, I can't keep improving my fitness and Mike losing fitness without like putting some stakes on the line here. So let's put some stakes on this right now, right on the line right now, because Mike, you know, I could make the case a month ago that we were at the same point, but it, the fact that you had to stop halfway through a five mile race is not looking great for you i was hanging out with the boys i was uh you know at the water stop drinking some water with the boys so you know just how bad is it like how bad is this like how how bad a shape are you in i i've said in the last couple podcasts it's it's the worst shape i've ever been in my entire life yeah but that was that was like three months ago you said this no 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 no, this was like two or three episodes ago all right oh yeah I got a feeling whenever you said it, it's worse now. I, I, I haven't I heard any better. indication that it's been getting better. No, I guess it, it can't be any worse, actually. Trent, what kind of shape are you in? I'm in terrible shape. <laughs> I, I played basketball a few weeks ago, like strained my calf, haven't run since. Uh, so, But there's still like a year to train for this thing. We got so much yeah, time. There's no rush a lot of time. to start, to start throwing ourselves that? into it. We're, we're about... I don't know, 365 away at this point. <laughs> Mike, what do, you, what do we got for days? Um, it is, say like 192. No, we got more time than that. We got 225. Oh, see? Oh, my I got like a year. Yeah. It's like a whole month extra. For some I reason, the, the two as the first digit made a big difference because when Mike said 192, I had in my head, oh, shit. But as soon yeah. as you said 200, it could have been 200 on the dot, like one more week, and it felt a whole lot better. So we got plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. All right. Well, what are we going to do for stakes before this? Before the before I become the I can't become the favorite for this marathon because like I I mean I, you am, are, I have a like without I, a doubt I, the favorite right now. Yes, I have the I have significantly better fitness than you. But I mean, but significantly we talked, we talked foundation fitness. last. We talked foundation last. It, it, like. You know, like I got a better, I got a like I got a better engine on like a Ford Taurus body right now, and you guys got you guys got unserviced engines on sports cars. I mean, you still you still got you still got life in those legs. Like yeah, but you, uh, you just got the nitro. Car, I mean, you got the nitro add on with the stroller I, and the two I kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do not have nitro add on. Well, what are we gonna do? What are we put? Well, let's, let's, I mean, I assume we're going to be doing a monetary well, thing Mike, no matter what, right? So is there any other thoughts we have? Here's what makes me upset about this is like, Mike's already like accepting the fact that he's going to finish dead last in this. I didn't say that. Well, what do you really I said think? I have 225 days. I'd say if we raced right now, then I'm not even going to finish the race. All right. So we're, we're going to put some, like, do you, I do, do you even want to put money on it? Because like, yeah. All right, so we're going to put money on it. But what if we bring back the SATs? I mean, we didn't do that the first time around. What makes, uh, what makes the listeners think that we'll, we'll do it this because time? Because we agreed to do we agreed not to do it because of the controversy. <laughs> I thought we were all going to do the SATs. Wasn't that the compromise? <laughs> no. no. I, think that, I think that was the compromise. I think we decided we were all going to do the SATs. Well, <laughs> for the people that don't know, uh, we've in a, the my, the first mile challenge. The the loser, the the winner was going to win the money, but the last place person had to take the SATs. And the genius of this punishment is that you have to be an adult in a room with a bunch of high schoolers taking a test. You have to pay money to take the test, 
and you have to spend all day taking this test. I mean, you remember when you were back in high school, the, the S, it takes up a, the SATs takes a whole Saturday. And then the kicker is we get to read the results on the podcast and make fun of the results on the podcast. So it's actually a genius bet. So I'm, I'm okay with bringing that back. I, Mike, also, here's the thing. Here's I the thing. also think we should make it if you don't, we, we need to figure out what the score would be. And I'm not, I don't want to make it like unattainable, but it has to be like a decent score. I think if you don't reach a certain score, you have to mm-hmm. take it again. I think that's fair. You can't just go in there and half. Yeah, you can't it. go. You, you no, gotta that, try that and prevent, get those questions. That prevents you right. from tanking it. So I, I think. So here's the thing. If I'm being completely honest, I have no idea what a good score on the SATs is anymore because well, we'll do, I, we'll do I have research. The, I took the old scoring. You guys took the new scoring. So like, I don't. What's a good score? Like, what? Did, I think like, it's. I think it's different than even what me and Trent. I think it went back to the old system. I'm pretty sure. Let's. But we'll let's. Do, We'll do some research and we'll find out what like the average. I think well, whatever the average do, high school score is, we'll make it like, a little bit lower than that. Do you need to get like a D plus, or do you need to get like a C plus? First off, think, there's no way they graded on the letter no, scale, right? Isn't it numbers? I'm just, I'm just using it as an equivalency. Like how how poor can you do on this? I think, I think a C like, minus. I think like I think it's so whatever the average like of all high school students. It can't be like that crazy. I think we make it slightly lower than the average. So it's a below average high school score. And I, I want to throw another twist to this. Oh boy. You get, if you get above a certain level, then you get to pick the next person to take the SATs. So if you get like, but that's gotta be like get, really, really. Yeah. If you really get like good. a top, if you get like a top, like let's say like 10 percentile or five percentile, then yeah, you get top to, five percentile. Well, that's like genius level. Like that's unattainable. I I think you got to make it like top ten percentile. If you get top ten percentile, I think we even bring it down a little bit. I think you make it like top fifteen percentile. If you get top fifteen percentile, then you get to pick. Then you get to pick one more person to take the SATs. And then it makes it like this fun thing where you get like, you know, if so, say Mike, you finished last then Trent and I are angling to be on your good side so you don't pick us if you, if you get in the top 15 percentile. I'm going to study my ass off. I'm going to open up my Barron's book, break, dust off the old Barron's book. And, uh, yeah, we'll, I, I think we'll workshop the, the scores. Top 15 percentile, I don't know, in my head that seems not. It has to be, it has to be impressive but attainable. I would say – like I'm, I'm not gonna get to ten percent. I don't know. I don't know what. Like I'm, I'm gonna be like trying to get a, a, a C minus level, whatever that is, just to get by, so I don't have to take it All again. Right. Okay. So it should have to be. It can't be too high. So it won't. You can, like. It shouldn't be like get into Stonehill standards, but it needs to be slightly above like getting get into Bentley, Bentley standards. standards. So somewhere yeah. in between get into Bentley. And get <laughs> you boys, you boys want to go toe to toe on that right now? You want to go toe to toe on standards right now? We can I don't do even that. think, I don't even think you needed to submit your SAT scores for Stonehill. Yeah. yeah SATs because, because the they knew liberal, liberal they, arts guys, because they knew that they'd have to reject like 99% of people. So of the cross country team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The national average in the SAT is 1060 with a high score of 1600. But is that the old scoring or the new scoring? That's 2022. Because when I did it, so I got new scoring. You could get up to like 2400, I thought. So they, they took the they took something out. Oh yeah, so it's the easier. old. It's back to the old scoring. So no. it went from yeah. But I think I think that there's I think there's an I think that's different than when I took it. To no, stuff. when you took it, it was two categories that were worth 800 each. I think like. Wasn't like, and then we jumped up to twenty four hundred. When me and Trent took it, it was twenty four hundred, and then they dropped it back down. So I bet. Oh no, mine mine was lower. Mine was lower. It went. I think it went from like, I think it went from like fourteen hundred to eighteen hundred to. Mine was mine was, I think mine was lower than that. So what you're saying, Steve, is that Mike and I had higher SAT scores than you, which means in the Stonehill. Could be wrong on this. I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember what I got. It wasn't anything impressive. So. Well, whatever. So it's 1,600 is a perfect score. And what do you say the average is? The average is 1,060. 1,060. So I think so you got to hit like 1,000. I feel yeah, like maybe. that's a fair number to, to 
to prevent you from having to retake it. And then maybe maybe you have fifteen hundred or above, or fourteen fifty or maybe fourteen fifty or above gets uh gets the opportunity to choose the next person we, to take it. We can workshop those. I'd say that sounds reasonable. That sounds pretty close. That sounds pretty close. Right. We could get really like scientific and like talk about how much you win by is the window like that you <laughs> get. So uh, if you if you win by whatever you know. Whatever time oh, I see, I see. So let's say hypothetically, I finish in last. Hypothetically, and <laughs> you beat me. Let's say Trent beats me by like two minutes, and Steve beats me by three minutes. There's some kind of equation where if I score based on the two minutes, I have to score this to make you take it, and then based yeah. on the three minutes, I have to score this to make. So that, hypothetically, I could score high enough that where both of you take it. But your handicap is based on how much you beat me by. It sounds like we need someone else to figure that out for us. But <laughs> yeah. if someone wants to make a spreadsheet, we need someone for us, very, very smart. That'd be yeah. great. There's something there. And then okay. what if we say after uh, the, the meal in between the marathon and the party, the Bell Lap party, the the uh, the two losers have to split the cost of that meal i like that i like that a lot rather than just like a straight up cash bet just yeah. two losers so, so split it. The, the winner will just eat his face off and drink yes, his face off and the two losers give me the finest like, finest bourbon your 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 finest steak yes let's how many two crew members are invited to this stuff no 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 so just so before before the party before the party okay so it'll be us and our significant others and the Whoa, significant others uh, or whatever it could just be it'll be it'll be it would just be us and we go to it doesn't have to be the nicest restaurant but we'll go to like what's the, well, i think oh, i think the winner the gets to choose i think the winner gets to choose the restaurant, what's the right? um what's the famous steakhouse isn't it elmo's or something yeah st elmo's Elmo. let's, okay let's oh boy we'll get a reservation there and and the 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 two losers have to split the cost of a that's the one that they that all the like all that's the, the NFL stuff. combine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Okay. That's what uh, we're doing. There needs to be a cap on that. If we're going to like the famous steakhouse in, in Indianapolis, but we can figure that out after, or, or like, I'm sure you could buy, you know, like a $600 glass of bourbon there if you want. Well, to. yeah, no, nobody's going to be an asshole, but you know, I might, I might go top shelf. I won't go. I won't go. I won't go. I won't go high shelf. I'll go like, you know, kind of high, kind of. Yeah. I won't go, I won't go, you know, keep it, you know, keep it right there. I like it. I like right. it. I like it a lot. I like it. <laughs> no, no, listen, Trey, you're setting yourself up to lose already. That's a losing mindset. I'm not setting myself up to lose. I'm looking out for you guys when one, when I'm looking out for Mike right now. When Mike loses. <laughs> I just picture Trent drinking like out of the bottle from like a $400 bottle of wine, just like laughing at us <laughs> in like a fancy steakhouse. That's what I'm picturing right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure St. Elmo's too, you could probably get like a, like a multiple hundred dollar steak. Right. And then that's just going to be one part of it. And you got to buy your sides that are a good amount. So I don't think it's that outright. I think it's like a pretty reason. I think it's very famous. I think it's very good, but I think it's, it's relatively reasonably priced. I don't right. think, I don't even think it's like a, capital grill type price like i think it's i think it's you know reasonable i'm in you guys keep talking i'm looking up the menu here <laughs> all right well hey while, while we're talking i do want to give a shout out to let's see uh his name was neil i believe oh neil sheehan so he gave me a he, he he um i bumped into him before the uh the clatter four miler so the the second part of the wild rover series i went out there and ran and he's just like he, I literally bumped into him as we were going to the start and he's like, dude, peak too early is my favorite podcast. I listen to every episode. So I just wanted to give him a shout. I was like, you have no idea how much that means. Thank you so much. It's the first time I've ever met him. So I think he said it was, he was, uh, he, 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 I was like, how did you hear about it? He's like, he's like, Oh, do you know Joe Rand? I was like, yes, I know Joe Rand. So. <laughs> do I know Joe Rand? <laughs> All right. So I'm looking here and it looks like, the most expensive thing on the menu is a hundred and seven dollar oh. steak. 
And then we have a $105 bottle of wine. All so, right, so. so, like, yeah, I, I'm not – nice. Like, as the winner, I'm putting myself in the winning mindset. I'm not ordering – the the $100 bo- bottle of wine. We're going to go we're going to go halfway down the list. We're going to order maybe a $50 bottle. Okay. Or a $70 I'll, bottle of wine. All I hear about is like NFL owners and general managers getting stakes at St. Elmo's. So I was a little nervous about what that that bill could look like, but what from what you've said, Michael, I think we can handle this bet and I it's think it's in, a it, great bet. It's yeah. Indianapolis. It's not New York Steakhouse. It's not not even Boston Steakhouse. It's Indianapolis. You can only do so much damage in Indianapolis. So um, I mean, do we do we do the running news? I mean, we could rapid fire it real quick. All right, all right, Mike. Let's kick off the running news. <laughs> Listen, it was March Madness weekend, so I didn't watch the indoor world championships, and I'm gonna go ahead and assume. That you guys didn't watch the indoor world championships. Is that safe to assume? Listen, I in in the 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 running. Oops, sorry. The 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 running hardos can can jump down our throat, um, and they can get mad at us. But listen, I had a few things going on this weekend, and uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't get around to it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's that's the evolution of this podcast. Okay. I had two kids in a jogging stroller. I had, uh, I had a, a, a race I was directing. I know, I know, I know I'm not a good track man. I don't know what else to say. And I think everybody that's listening at this point would is understanding where we're coming from on this one. Well, and Steve, I made it clear that if the U S athletes didn't want to take indoor world serious and show up, then I wasn't going to take it seriously. Anyways, and you put it at the weekend of March Madness. Listen, I, I love this sport, and, you know, I'm going to follow it the best I can. But March Madness weekend is my favorite weekend of the entire year, and I'm not going to miss a single game to watch Indoor Worlds. But I have three. And I will head- say one thing, Mike. I will say one thing. If they opened up gambling on it, yeah, that might change it. I, yeah, I probably would have watched them. Probably would have watched them. So Did I you gamble on any March Madness? Uh, a little bit. Okay. I rest my case. Uh, so I have three headlines to quickly go through here. We'll rapid fire. Uh, the first one is Aji Wilson finally gets her first gold medal on an international stage. Uh, you know, she's come close a few times, hasn't been able to pull it off. Any instant reaction? So I did watch, I, 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 I watched some of the races today while I was working. I just had it on TV. Um, Aji Wilson won in dominant fashion. It's what we've been saying she's been capable of for like since the beginning of this podcast. And it's really nice to see her go out and dominate. Let's keep this momentum going, Aji. Like everybody here wants to see you do well. Everybody wants to see you winning gold medals because we believe you have that capability. So it's, it's nice to see her at the top of the podium. Yeah, I hope this is a breakthrough for Aji. I think we all were uh, shifting away our attention to, to Mo, especially after the Olympics. But uh, hopefully this is the breakthrough that Aji needed. I think once you get that first big international gold medal, uh, that just gives you a different mindset for when you approach the next uh, major events. Even if, even if some of the, the studs of the event weren't in that race, she still can go with that mindset that she was a, a world champion. Yeah, my first take was eh, Mo wasn't in the race. And I do think that's a fair take. However... When watching the highlights, it was so dominant. She ran so fast that I don't think you can do that whole, like, oh, so-and-so wasn't in the race. Like, she dominated. She won a gold medal. Good for her. Uh, Elle Purrier takes silver in the 3K on a world championship stage. Any thoughts? Anything we haven't already said about Elle Purrier? Nope, me neither. Uh, And then finally... Uh, Jakob loses to Samuel Tefera. Upset in the 1500. Uh, anything? Anything on Jakob losing? Well, he, he, didn't, he didn't do a cycle. For, oh, never mind. What? I was saying he, was, he, he didn't do a cycle for this. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Oh, oh gotcha. Got, oh, oh, goodness gracious. Ooh, I thought you boy. were talking about like, you the cut cycle. That, I thought you were talking about like the like batting for the cycle, like Olympics, outdoor. I, I didn't really go, but I got you now. Okay. Does I'm he understood. does he get even more tattoos before his last event between this one? 
we just every time we talk about Yaka, let's just go right into tattoos. I mean, that's just the first thing that comes up and knows it. Uh, I'm not going to address what Steve said, um, but I will say it is shocking to see him lose at this point. Uh, it's kind of almost refreshing, not that I'm anti Angie Brisson, but just to see some good competition on the stage. Teferas uh, reminded us how fast he is as well, but it was just, I didn't, I didn't watch the event either, but it was a shocking headline. Stop saying that. Loss. <laughs> <laughs> um okay those are rapid fire indoor world championships credit to us for talking but do you guys have uh, any there's a couple points? there's a couple things that i was expecting you bring up just rapid fire uh i just gave three i said i was only gonna give three B-hop. but i was just but i was gonna open the floor to uh oh, okay. to you guys uh, yeah b-hop took home medal it was great to see bronze yep uh, uh uh mondo is the greatest of all time yep yep um yeah that's that's all i gotta say <laughs> Trent, anything to add? I got nothing. Okay, let's move on here. Uh, this is just a completely random headline that I read, and I thought it was interesting because uh, at the Penn Relays, on ran a four-by-mile team of Joe Klecker, Morgan McDonald, Ollie Hoare, and Jordy Beamish. Uh, the one thing they all have in common is they are friends of the program. So... Is there any other variation of that only using friends of the program, two crew members that you'd rather put on the track with a four by mile? Obviously, I think there's a couple obvious ones, but I just want to know. Do they need to be on the same team? No, 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 no. Just two crew members. And you're saying a full four, a whole nother four. No, no, no. You can use, you can use, you can sub people in and out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, like, basically, what is your ideal two crew four by mile? Oh, I mean, Right now, yeah. Yep. Hold on, let me think. It would be let's go, let's go. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's safe to say Ollie's uh, staying in there. Let's go, Craig, uh, uh, Craig Engels, Josh Kerr, Ollie Hoare, and oh, the last one's tough. Um, I mean, you could throw Henry, in maybe Mr. Johnny G, S and P five hundred. No, I throw in. I throw in Mr. Consistency, uh, S and P 500, Sam Prakel, maybe yep. over John G right now. Uh, hold mm-hmm. on. Let me think. Let me think. Um, but d- does everybody agree with those first three? I mean, you can make the argument that, you know, Craig, Craig, I point. might right at this moment, I would probably go Ollie Kerr. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if Craig would make it. Would you take would you take S and P five hundred over Craig right now? Yes, hundred percent. I think I would too. S and P five hundred was just at Worlds. He made the finals at Worlds. Oh, oh, we're missing somebody. We're missing somebody big. Mm. Olympian, the goose is loose, baby. Oh, the goose yeah, is loose. He of definitely makes that. He definitely got to put him in. Um, so that me... gives you a three. That's like now it's coming out of that fourth. A clear person. a clear three. Ollie, yeah, Ollie, Kerr, yeah, Red. And then, yeah, that fourth one is just like. I mean, I might, I might, with, I mean, he's got the hot hand. I might throw Grant Fisher in. Yeah, I mean, seriously. (laughs) I mean, the guy, the guy just is having, he's, he's on a hot streak. I might just toss him in there. You know, I, I actually like, Legitimately, I think you take those three, and I think right now, I think Sam Prakel's the the guy. That's my guy. Now, I think that's I think, who I'll go with. I think, I think that's my guy. Craig, Craig, Craig's the wild card, right? So, like, if you if you take those three, and you say, okay, we got this locked. We just need we need somebody to to we need we need one more person around about this and just make sure we don't lose. I think you put Sam you put Sam in there. But if you're like, okay. You know, this is anybody's race. We need something big to happen. Then you throw Craig in. Does that make sense? It makes sense mm-hmm. to me. It could change too. Like in a few months, with some of these guys popping, like if Henry gets a good race under you know his belt, like we got enough for a deep, deep field of alternates on this four by mile team. Uh, all right, final story. This one's a fun one. We've been talking about it for a while. MLB wasn't happening. We were all pissed. It's now happening. Shout out Trevor Story coming to the Red Sox. No big deal. Uh, but Trent, you sent us this uh, our, our quote or article here, apparently from whatever it was, the New Haven Tribune. So I don't even know how accurate this story is. 
We have sent this us. I think it's worth talking about. It. So I'm going to read this statement from the New Haven Tribune. The sides also agreed to a joint investigation whether contaminated meat products in the Dominican Republic could cause positive tests for the performance-enhancing substances boldenone and nandrolone. So what this means is this long, like, 90-day lockout in the MLB, and one of the resolutions comes down to opening up an investigation to whether these meat products could cause a positive test. Hmm. I just want to say, the New Haven Register is not the only one to pick this story up. I Googled it after, and everybody or a lot of legitimate news sites were covering this. How is nobody talking about this? This is, this is a story. The Jackal, is a they, very they did story. not read the fine details of the agreement, the contract, the, the labor negotiation conclusion signed by the MLBPA and the MLB owners. The fact that an organization as, as uh, uh, you know, the MLB, right? A, an organization that had a huge, massive drug problem that's trying to clamp down on it as much as they possibly can now to rehabilitate the image of their sport, which they've done pretty well, I think, the last 10 years or so. They're now paying attention to this, like, oh, let's, let's not go too far uh, on something that could come up in a bad burrito. So I think the track fans, the people that are haters on our take on a, a few related topics, need to consider uh, the, the powers that be of the MLB that are taking this seriously. And our our whole argument since day one is before you destroy somebody's career, you just need to have better evidence, whether it's stupid whereabouts failures or just kind of like this wishy-washy evidence on, you know, on, you know, what, you know, what what is it called? Neandrolone, Mike? Neandrolone, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's potential to come up in meat products. It's just – before you destroy somebody's career, like we just need to have more evidence. Like we need to do a better job and this just proves it. It helps our case. So. Yeah. I mean, we were, you know, people took the, the whole uh, Shelby story and kind of like pushed it off as, you know, as a joke and that like, this is like kind of like a BS reasoning. And that's, and it's infuriating because it became a joke very quickly. And it right. became it became the track hardos uh, automatically being like, you peak too early and everybody, you don't know what you're talking about if you think that this is the case. And listen, I've had people in the DMs trying to tell me like, oh, they have hard evidence. Listen, Tracksta, if you have hard evidence, put it out there. <laughs> Stop telling me that you have hard evidence. Like, I'm I'm sick of it. Like, it's just like every hardo that wears a pair of split shorts and talks about their running shoes automatically thinks that we don't know what the hell we're talking about. But it's like, what this this sport can't they can't get out of their own way in terms of uh, making it a, a a more entertaining product and and putting the best and, and putting facilities out there for your for your athletes to train. Never mind just putting together the best product you can. And you think that you got this this scientific, you know evidence down pat get out of here like i i just i'm not ready I, I i'm not gonna like i don't give track and field credit on anything i'm gonna start giving them credit on this bull crap not a chance the, the headline should have been that u.s track and field does further investigations to determine if contaminated meat could cause this it should not be at the mlb i mean they, they're dealing with it too so i'm glad they're looking into it but that that would have been a legitimate response from the u.s track and field if they were going to suspend her all right, gentlemen, that's all I got for the running news. All right, well, this has been uh, – we're, we're getting on the longer end of this podcast. Why don't we kick off the Bell app? Mike, what do you got for people on the Bell app? So, all I got is, you know, I've been watching a little bit of college basketball this past weekend. As I noted, um, you know, my uh, – the baby is teething right now, so it's really hard to calm him down. And I've noticed, you know, maybe it's just the big flashing lights or maybe he just loves college basketball. But when me and him 
stand in front of the TV together, watch a little March Madness. He seems to calm down. Now, Joel's pick right now for the uh, champion. Get your bets in Purdue at nine to one odds. He's a big Jaden Ivy fan. Uh, he loves how the Boilermakers uh, run up their offense. People think they have a terrible defense. Their defense isn't as bad as you think, and they can score with the best of them. I would take nine to one odds, and so would Joel. Book it right now. Trent, what do you got people in the bell app? I think it's telling that Mike's kid calms down and relaxes when college basketball is on, and Steve's <laughs> kids calm down and relax when they're going for a run in the stroller. So it's a couple different parenting, uh, <laughs> a couple different parenting habits there and lifestyles that they're instilling in their children, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they do. Uh, I don't got much. I did want to give a shout out to daylight saving time and uh, the fact that we can look outside and it can be, you know, eight o'clock where I am and there's still a little sunlight in the air. I'm not running yet post because I'm battling a few injuries right now, like I always am. Uh, but I do see the appeal and I'm getting more excited to return to running. So when it does happen, uh, just just shout out to the sun staying out longer than it is right now. Uh, on my bell lap, uh, I just I have it on in the background here. I believe the Celtics are have won 21 of their last 26 games. Um, don't look now, NBA. The Celtics are on fire, which is uh, awesome. And I've been I've been riding. That's the only thing uh, I've been I've been had any success on in gambling in the past couple months is just hammering the Celtics. So that's been that's been fun. But can I take you um, back on that? Yeah. The Kevin Garnett uh, jersey retirement with Ray Allen in the house, that was just like the juju that Boston needed. We're turning our season around. You get that in. Steve, I don't know if he totally agrees with me on that, but I loved every second of that, just just burning the hatch a little bit, and that just put the garden in, in the perfect mindset, and it's got the Celtics. I don't know. I like, I like their head state, and I love that act by the, the old Celtics, the old guard, uh, showing what was most important to the new kids. Yeah, I feel played um, because the the clip of of KG giving Ray Allen the cold shoulder at the All Star game, where it looked like he wanted to punch Ray Allen in the face when he got announced, it made me so happy because it was like this is everything I love about KG. He's still pissed at Ray Allen for leaving the Celtics high and dry to the point where he like won't even shake his hand. It. It made me. It made me so happy. I sent a. We have a. We have a text group that, with like friends that we talk about like sports on. I think Mike's on it. And I sent. I sent this whole long text about how. I mean, I could go on forever on this, but KG is one of the greatest Boston athletes of all time. But it's my opinion that you can't have your jersey retired from multiple teams, right? So if he's retired in Minnesota, I don't think he can then be retired in Boston. We can go on all night talking about it. But I wrote this whole text about how the the mentality and the love for the Boston Celtics that KG brings uh, in, to the point where he won't even shake Ray Allen's hand makes me love this guy, put his number in the rafters. And so I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, Trent. I get it. It's like officially bearing the hatchet. But I just want to know that my my favorite athletes care about my team as much as I do, because if I saw Ray Allen and you're talking to a guy that's been to, uh, uh, to the, to the Olive Garden with Ray Allen, that's a story that maybe we tell on, on this week's podcast. I've been a guest at the Olive Garden with Ray Allen, true story. But if I saw him in person, I'm going to say something being like, you let us down. You know, the fact that you went to the heat again, this is another story for another podcast, but I just wanted to, it, it made me, it made me love KG even more to know that he was still holding the grudge against Ray Allen. So I don't know. I don't know if that goes against your point, Trent, but I, I, deep down, I love the fact that KG hated, hated Ray Allen. Can't, I mean, I, I took that differently, but I, I can't argue with uh, the, the feeling of passion there and the appreciation for KG and uh, what he was willing to do just to be like, you know, the green team all the way. So I'll disagree with you, but I'll let you have your point. It's a fair point and it's a good way to send us off. Like I, I want to believe, like I hate that David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez are friendly on, on TV, right? Like I want, 
I want David Ortiz to get on TV and be like pissed at Alex Rodriguez every time he gets on TV and being like, oh, you slapped the ball out of Bronson's Arroyo's hands and you know, 2000. You know, I, I, I just want my athletes to care about my team and hate their – actually, more importantly, hate their enemies as much as I hate them. Does that make sense? It makes sense. In, in Gagey's defense in the situation, I heard Perk talk about it. Perk said it was a total surprise to everybody. The entire team didn't know Ray was going to show up. Oh. So when he saw Ray there, it was like truly – there was nothing pre-orchestrated. KG had no idea, and it was like a real – like uh, a true emotional just – uh, a very authentic reaction to like, holy shit, the whole boys are back here. Yeah. I don't know. I like grudges. Anyways, other than that, boys, I would run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the joke. Cause you're